Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we listen to all of their records and uh, we rank them from worst to best. We give our bangers or stinkers if we got them and we try to have a good time doing it. But before we do all that, we get into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge. That's where we connect the band of the week to our boy Tom in Blink. And uh, yeah, if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars to all your friends. Share the post with everybody. And that's all I got. For the boring intro. Damn. So we're doing Motley Crue this week. Uh, we're going to do all nine of their records, rank all nine of their records. Uh, so, um, so yeah, it should be fun. I hope so. Um, but yeah, let's hop into the six degrees of Tom DeLong. What do you got, Jeff? If you did any today. Did you did you do one? I did one, yes. Dude, Josh Reed's like literally played on a Motley Crue album. Eh, that's too easy. Okay. That's too easy. Go too. ahead. Tommy Lee also. So I have. Uh, that's all right. There. Go ahead. What? No, no, no. Tommy what? Lee no, had what? Snoop Dogg and his methods of. Methods of mer- mayhem. Merches of mayhem. Or methods of mayhem. Methods of mayhem album. I mean, there's a. These guys have like hooked up with Tom DeLonge so many times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they hooked up with him, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so yeah, mine uh, starts with Mick Mars. Mick Mars played a guitar or a guitar solo on a Murder Dolls song called Drug Me to Hell in 2010. 2009-2010. Joey Jordison and the Murder Dolls uh, was in a band called Slipknot with Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor was on Travis Barker's solo record, sang sang on one of the songs there. And then uh, Travis to Boxcar Racer, Boxcar Racer to Tom. There you go. Easy peasy. A little bit more roundabout, but we got there. No, it was good. That was great. So let's uh, let's jump into the rankings. Like I said, nine Motley Crue records. We listened to all of them, so you didn't have to. Uh, and honestly, most of it was fun, was fun. So what do you got for number nine? What is the worst Motley Crue record? And a banger if you got it. Go. I will say these are all fun. A lot of them are bad, but they're still fun. Even though it's bad, they can still be fun. True. So they were all fun. It was all interesting at least. Um, Motley Crue's Motley Crue, 94, Mm -hmm. their sixth record. This is, um, this is garbage. This is their worst. There's there's <laughs> nothing here that's reminiscent of Motley Crue. It's derivative of mid '90s grunge, just with like a heavier edge, but it doesn't even compare to what was already perfected years. This is '94. People have already mm-hmm. been doing this since like late '80s. Like, you, you, come on, guys. Like, it, it, it was like the bandwagon had already started like chugging along, and Motley Crue just <laughs> jumped on it. And like some yeah. of Tommy's fucking worst drumming is on this album. Everyone else is like so stereotypical. It doesn't even matter. But like, damn, Tommy. Ugh, ugh, and then we also get like harmonica on this record too. What the fuck is that? What are we and doing? It was a long record. What are we doing here? One. And people like, people like this record sometimes. I think that you like it too. I, I, I think that you're gonna <laughs> like it. But then I was reading kind of like right. the subreddits, like, oh, this is an underrated album. It's so fucking heavy. Like, yeah, it's heavy. It's garbage. I can make a fucking heavy <laughs> record that sounds like this. This is trash. I don't care, dude. This <laughs> this record was awful. This is by far their worst record. Easy. Okay. Easy. Uh, my number nine is also Molly Cruz. Molly Crew, ninety four. 
Uh, I, I agree. This album's not very good. This album's not very good at all. I, I, I have no banger. I would never go back to it. I found it amusing that they, they went with that hard rock kind of grunge style at this point in 1994, you know, Kurt Cobain died. It's just, come on. It's, it's the end of that whole era in general. And then they put this out. Now, with that being said, I think sonically and, and everything, I think this record sounds amazing. The songs just fucking suck. John Karabi's not a bad singer. He's This is the only record he ever did with them. He's not a bad singer. It's just the songs aren't very good. And it's fucking long, like I said. Um, I just, I don't care. He's not care. a great and, singer, though. He's not, he's not great, but he's fine. He's, he's okay. not bad. He's fine. I'm not listening to fucking Motley Crue to hear okay music. <laughs> that's I mean, true. Okay, that's true. Sometimes, but. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I kind of, I kind of wonder why this wasn't more popular though. I think the only reason had this been a band that had they renamed or they did like a super group thing, or if they had changed the name of the band, I feel like this record would have been a lot more successful, but because it was still attached to the Motley Crue name, it got raked through the mud, but this is like basic plain old people, heavy rock music, kind of grunge music from the mid nineties. A lot of bands were doing this and a lot of people love this shit. <laughs> so I honestly just feel this gets shit on because it's Molly Crew, because of the Molly Crew name. And it was so bad when they put this out that they like they they saw less and less people going to their shows on this on on the on this album cycle, during this album cycle. And to the point where they had to like they weren't selling enough to do arenas, so they had to go smaller and smaller venues. And that's just kind of sad. It really is. The this band who was on top of the fucking world for like almost ten years to go from that to playing clubs again. It's it's crazy shit. Um and then even and then another thing that I want to bring up that we'll talk about a lot is how much of a baby every single band member is. Oh yeah. So after the failure of this record, John Karabi said you know what? You should guys, you guys should get Vince back. I mean, it, he's kind of, he's the singer of Motley Crue. And then they just fired him right away after that. Like, just, <laughs> it's just like, come on, dude. You had to be that petty. Like you fire the guy. It just seemed like, and then obviously they've sued each other over the years for various reasons. It's just like, like it's like two years ago they sued each other. Grown at, yeah, they're grown. Oh, because of the McMars thing. Yeah. Once again, grown ass fucking, you guys are in your fucking sixties and seventies and you're acting like fucking children. God damn, dude. Anyway. Molly Crew's Molly Crew had to get that out. Number this was after they signed, record. they re-signed Electra for twenty-five million too, and they threw out this debt. But don't forget too, like Kurt yeah. Cobain dies like less than a month later, right? Yeah, so like that I, is yeah, taking over the world. And like, shout out the devil sold two hundred thousand in two weeks, but like Kurt Cobain like dies less than a month later, and so like this record is kind of just like put on the back burner. Nothing else matters at that time other than the news of. Kurt Cobain dying so yeah, that right. has a lot to do with it but really the record is just not good it's not that good even no. if it was not Motley Crue if it was some other band it's still just boring fucking music of 94 it is but people like this shit people like this kind of stuff that's true so we'll do, I like, mean because we don't music. like it they I think like I said if, if this Tools is a made different a career name, out of it that's true too people God, like a lot of bad Soundgarden it. and Soundgarden made a lot better music and Soundgarden mm-hmm. perfected this sound fucking four or five years earlier than they did. Oh, yeah, definitely. Late 80s. Fuck and those first two Soundgarden bullshit. records are solid. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you got for number eight? Number Go. eight, Theater of Pain, baby. Their third record, Oof. 85. Oof. Fuck this record. This is their first kind of like foray into a more pop-friendly sound. This is full-on glam metal without any of the aggression or punk, punk aesthetic of their first two. 
it also kind of started like this trend of just trying to write an album of singles rather than this like cohesive output because our first two records did that and then this is just bleh, this is garbage <laughs> overall is, i don't like this album at all smoking in the boys room is one of their worst songs that is pure rubbish <laughs> and so is sweet our home sweet home this is their first like true ballad with yeah, tommy lee yeah. on piano Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care if you play the piano or not. This is not what I want from Motley Cruz. This is trash. <laughs> Although, Use It or Lose It was pretty dope. It was pretty fast yeah. and consistent, like double bass. And that song was, was pretty metal until it slowed down on the chorus. But um, that was that was a small little redeeming thing overall. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's garbage. I, I agree. I agree with pretty much everything that you said. But um, that doesn't make it my number eight. So, you got anything else on Theater of Pain? No, that's it. And, I mean, dude, there's so much we can get into. Do you want to get into, like, I know the time period as we go through the albums? Or do you want to get into on the main I episode? I mean, I think we should just do that on the main episode. Okay. Cause, I mean, yeah. We'll just do, like, Vince a Neil quick little the guy overview. during this time period, so we can save that for later. Yeah, we can mention things, but I, going into, like, full detail, let's wait until the main episode. Because okay. we're going to... I mean, honestly, we're going to talk mostly about the debauchery and all the other shit that was going on. Obviously, the music is great on Girls, 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 which is the album of the week, but it's there. It's the outside stuff that obviously is way more interesting. So, um, yeah. But so you got Theater of Pain yeah, is your Theater number eight. Pain. Generation Swine is my number eight out in 1997. Seventh record. This is when Vince rejoined the band after the firing of Karabi and, um, most of these songs were co-written by, or some of, I think some of them, not all of them, but some of them were co-written by, by John. Um, so it still has that kind of like heavy tone to it and just not the typical, uh, um, Motley Crue sound. They fired Bob Rock and this record is just kind of a mess. It's really all over the place. Vince sings like in a much lower register, um, than any other record they've put out. Even after this record, he sings really low and then from what i was reading too mick mars wasn't used to playing the guitar this way so he had a hard time with this record too because he was pretty much told like don't play play something different and we get this and honestly this record is all over the place there's some cool parts and cool moments but they never they never amount to anything they never go into anything they're just cool parts and that's it nothing ever really builds on on other things it's it's just a mess of a record. And then they re-recorded Shout at the Devil, that song. <laughs> it's so unnecessary, and it's not nearly as good as the original. It's just stupid. <sighs> so yeah, Generation Swine. No banger. That's my number eight. Okay. What do you got for number seven? Generation Swine. Thank God. Yeah. Get this garbage out of the way. Let's see. One, two, three. My next three, I I, I don't have a lot of notes for because I just don't fucking care about them at all. I didn't hate them the way I hated Motley Crue and Theater of Pain. But I, I, just, I just fucking didn't <laughs> care. Um, but yeah, Generation Swine, like two songs deep, and you already you already realize, like, dude, this is something way different than just like, that self-titled garbage album. And then anything they've ever done. It's their attempt at doing like an alt-rock album. Really, like, it reminded me of Collective Soul. And okay. I like Collective Soul. Well, it's the first time I like it a lot. But these songs are, are mostly okay with a couple ones that are like, kind of good. And there's like maybe like their worst ballad of all time was on here. That fucking song Brandon that Tommy Lee sings. And oh yeah, that the last song. It's so bad. I know it's you know it's a, it's a oh sentimental. It's like his tears in heaven, and uh, I don't fucking care. It's garbage. But it's not like his son like died. Shit. You know, it's just like it's stupid. But yeah, dude, like my stupid. biggest complaint is you know I hate this shit. Don't fucking re-record songs. 
Why do you re-record <laughs> Shout at the Devil and make it more I know. make it stupider by going to Jupiter? It's it's silly. What the fuck is this? Get out of here. And the cover art for Generation Swine, mm. uh, this would have been a cool like like punk cover, but not for Motley Crue. Their seventh album deep in the like the late nineties. Nah. I know. Nah, nah. It, nah nothing nah. is nothing about this record seems authentic nah. at all. This is yeah, this is garbage. Yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. Um all right. My uh my number seven is Theater of Pain, third album from eighty five nineteen eighty five. Uh this record, yeah, this record is just not very good. It's it's full on hair metal, you know, it's it's like they it's like they tried to be like poison. Even though Poison was trying to be like Motley Crue, they were trying to be like poison. And it just it's bad. The music videos, everything about this record sucks. Even the band hates this record. Vince <laughs> Neil has come out and said even when this record came out, he said he didn't like this record. Like nobody fucking likes it. Nobody in the band likes this record at all. Cause it's, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, smoking in the boys room. I mean, usually uh, they have really good singles in the eighties, but no, that song is not very good. Not, not very good at all. Um, and I agree with you. Use it or lose it. Best song on the record. That's my banger. It's just one of the more faster, aggressive songs, kind of a throwback to, to their first two records. Um, too fast for love and, and shout at the devil kind of has that, that feel chorus super catchy and fun but otherwise the album is not good and home sweet home is the worst song they've ever done i don't give a fuck that, that song, song sucks yeah that song is it's so bad garbage. oh i hate just that yeah the, <laughs> the the piano part is iconic but it's just so lullaby and just i mean it's just it's bad dude it's not good but mind you we love blink 182 and that's essentially what they write just very simple catchy songs but god this this Home Sweet Home is a terrible song, and the theater of pain is just not good at all. And then there's rumors that Nikki Six didn't even play bass on the record either. Yeah. So, and that, and I we'll get into that in the main episode. But the Nikki Six doppelganger, oof, did you go down that rabbit hole? Yeah. Ooh, that was fun. Um, but we'll talk about that later. So, what do you got for uh, number six? Go. Number six. Um, this is the one I have the least amount of notes for. It's, it's New Tattoo, their eighth record, the year two thousand. I yeah. I thought I I thought I heard like pop punk on this. I thought I heard just like generic kind of rock of like the two thousands, and it kind of makes sense. It's just this is a lost record. I I don't know. I don't have a lot of fucking. I don't have a lot of notes for this one to be honest. Mike Clink yeah. produced this one, and the guys produced some fucking bangers. Like he produced like Guns and Roses first record. He's he's produced a lot of like really really cool shit. But this record, I don't know. I I don't. I don't remember this one. At all, <laughs> like at all, at all. But I put it here, so I must not have hated it. But yeah, I also just yeah. clearly did not like it. All right, my number six is also new tattoo. Um, for much of the same reasons, I I don't remember too much from it. This I also have the least amount of notes for this one. <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a fine record. It I remember it being fine. The only song that stands out to me is "Treat Me Like a Dog," or "Treat Me Like the Dog I Am." Um, just big heavy riffs, faster song. It's it's just one of the more exciting and fun songs. And overall, I feel like this is just like the best throwback to the to early uh, Motley Crue, where it's a little bit more more carefree, faster, just trying to piss people off. Even though you know they've that's done and gone. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's a fine record, and I guess one of the big standouts is that Tommy Lee didn't play on this I record. Get Tommy Lee on this one either. Yeah, he he left the band, and you know I didn't realize until today when I was finalizing all my notes 
the only band member who's been there from start to finish has been Nikki Six. Everybody else has left at some point. He's the one that writes all so, the music, so it makes sense. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, that, that is the true. The worst too. musician in the band writes all the music. <laughs> I know. It's Amazing. like Lars Ulrich, you know? <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So, also, um, this is the only album to feature Randy Castillo. Randy Castillo played for Ozzy's solo band uh, for, for years prior. And then he died right after they yeah. finished making this record. He didn't even really get to tour with him. He got cancer. Um, and yeah, he died from that. And then I think one of the drummer or the drummer from, was it Hole or yeah. what band was it? Yeah. She, she joined in as a touring drummer Samantha and then something. before Tommy Lee came back, but yeah, Randy Castillo. Yeah. That's pretty tragic. He was young too. I think he was like maybe mid thirties, late thirties and he got some aggressive cancer form of cancer and died. So anyway. New tattoo, my number six. What do you got for number five? Go. Number five, Saints of Los Angeles. Damn. This is kind of like the last, like the mid-tier Motley Crew where I just don't fucking care about. Everything else, I at least have good notes for. Or I cared in somewhat about this one. I just I don't fucking care. Like the only thing that this has going for it is that it's true. It's a true return to form for the band. It sounds like oh, them yeah. at their peak. They're just not, and it's not. It's too little, <laughs> too late. I don't care about this because they're doing this sound and, but they've already done it better exponentially better three, four times. So yeah. Saints yeah. of LA, eh, throw it away. Yes. It's also my number five. We're, we're like spot on with our ranking so far. Almost. Uh, yeah, there's just, it's fun. I was smiling. I was laughing at some of the lyrics cause they were so stupid and over the top, much like stuff on girls, 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 um, just dumb fucking lyrics, but a ton of fun. I mean, they sound, they just sound older. Like the, the way that Mick is playing guitar, it's still his like style, but it's not played as fast. It doesn't sound as, as aggressive. Vince, his voice sounds good. It doesn't sound bad at all, but there's not that, that kind of flair, that excitement anymore with his voice. And Tommy, I don't know. I, he's a fine drummer, but I don't think he really shines on this record. It's, it's it's fun to this record's fun to listen to once, but I'm never ever gonna go back to it. It was just fun to see that 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 they could do this in 2008, and honestly, it's a good way to go out for as a last record for them. This is this is good, yeah, better than new tattoo. That's for sure. Yes, so, uh, yeah, Saints of Los Angeles. My banger is uh, Welcome to the Machine. Cool kind of punk song, um, and also the opener. I forgot the name of the opening song, but that opener was I I, I was thinking in my mind. Damn, this record's if the if the record sounds like this, it's gonna be fucking solid. It's gonna be really good. And then the next two songs are like these fucking shit ballads with like some like modern country tinge to them. And it's like, what the fuck is this? But then after that, the ballads are done and then you get some pretty solid songs. But they, they yeah, do Saints have, of Los Angeles. They do have good yeah. records, but they also they know how to ha- they know how to make an opener. They're pretty yeah, good at like doing openers. Sure. <laughs> yes. So also, when, oh, you said, when you said that he sounded older, you sounded like Mitch Hedberg when he called the receptionist or whatever, and he's like, you sound older. Remember that joke? No, I don't remember that one. He's like, I talked to the receptionist. She gave me her phone number. It's zero. So I tried to call <laughs> her when I got home. I was like, you sound older. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> I totally, I don't remember that one. Yeah. I thought I, oh he was at God. a hotel, and then that's when he got the receptionist <laughs> yeah. phone number was zero. <laughs> he tried to call it home. <laughs> number four. It's a great joke, man. It's a great joke. I love it. Number four is Dr. Feelgood. 
<laughs> easy, easy number four. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're pretty, we're pretty like neck and neck, except for the yeah. theater pain generation swine that could be swapped. Um, but in, honestly, both of those records, I mean, they're they could be swapped on my end. I, I really don't care either way. They're both bad. Same here. I, I like like Molly Cruz. Molly Cruz has to be last. Is their fucking worst. Yeah, hands down. Everything else up until my top three really are are, are, are staunch at this point. Doctor Feelgood though, this is their this is their biggest. This is their biggest hit record. It's their, it was the mm. only number one. They got a new producer who took Bob in Rock, more. Baby. That's your boy right there. Made all the goodies. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I mean, he makes good sounding records, but otherwise, man, they're not very good records. Does he always I mean, make good sounding records, though? He, I mean, come on, listen to the Black Album. I mean, just that is just an incredible sounding record. It sounds amazing. Okay, even Load and Reload sound. They're they're great sounding records. It's just the songs suck. I mean, like the biggest complaint of Saint Anger was the sound of it. And well, I didn't bring up Saint Anger. That's I brought okay. up Black Album Load. But you said he makes good sounding records, and he, he made those three good Metallic records. And honestly, Doctor Feelgood, this record is for at this time in 1989. I like Saint Anger. I'm, I'm not saying they get wrong Anger about sounds like that. Garbage. I do like, but it's a unique sound, and I like it. It's cute. It is it's unique. It doesn't make it good. But it's okay, fine. continue. Doctor Feelgood. This is their biggest one. Yeah, they got they got Bob Rock coming in here. This album is, is way more polished than previous attempts. This is a band that is now thinking like, hey, let's get sober. Let's try and write a actual an actual album. Let's let's try and be good at our instruments, which none of them really are. Uh, Mick Mars is the only person that's actually like good at their instrument. <laughs> True. And, like like you can watch drum solos of Tommy Lee and like he's good, but songwriter songwriting wise, like he's not a good drummer, dude. He's just not. He has some good okay he has some good parts but not, some, not like an he, overall he has some song. good fills that yeah okay that fills yeah, we would right play right. if we're just like jamming with Pico. but overall like songwriting wise he's just fucking replace him with the metronome that's it <laughs> the unique like dirt sound they always kind of had in their music is gone here or it's toned down dramatically this record is split between things that i really like to hear from motley crew and the other half is just absolute garbage there's too many ballads Actually, anything more than zero ballads is, is too many. Rattlesnake Shake, yeah. dude, that is a stinker. Adding horns, <laughs> adding horns to a metal band yeah. like this, the fuck you get the fuck out of here. That's <laughs> stupid. That's embarrassing. But kickstart my heart. Mm, oh, dude, that's a banger, the best dude. song. That is that's not their best song, but that is a top three. It's got that like Van Halen type swell intro, right? That whole like oh, thing God, that he I loves love to it. do. And dude, the song rips. It is a good fucking song. It is a great fucking song so dr feelgood oh i think he's an so appropriate four okay i agree i mean it's also my number four it is my number four it's a good four it's i mean kickstart my heart is i think it hands down is their best song i mean without a fucking doubt everything about <laughs> it the swell in the riff the the main guitar riff how kind of the pacing of it the tempo of it it's the perfect tempo for this kind of song um and that chorus come on dude the the play between vince the backup vocals and and mixed guitar playing. I mean, just that chorus is is fucking incredible. It's perfect. This is like this is this is a beyond perfect song right here. It's amazing. But the album, you know, half of it's really good. I agree with you. The other half, a lot of fucking ballads, and it kind of sucks. Um, but when it comes to the good songs, they they, they found like a good balance of everything that they had done of the metal, the glam, uh, and the blues rock. I mean, this is just the perfect combination of that all. If you take the ballads out, um, 
and it's it's i think i think sonically i think it's a good sounding record especially coming from a band of this era it's one of the better sounding ones it, it doesn't sound like the shit that poison put out back in the 80s it doesn't sound like rat or twisted sister twisted sister is kind of good but choir riot it doesn't sound like any of that quiet it sounds much too. much better sonically what quiet Riot was so good too they weren't though. Like yeah, they were. When, when we when we started collecting vinyl, you're like, oh, you got to listen to those those two Quiet Riot records. Metal Health, I, man, it's so good. Yeah, I I tried and I just I could not get into it. It was a little, it was too much. It was it was a little too much hair. That's your third me. record. Their first few records had Randy Rhodes on them, dude. And they're fucking just straight, I know. Like, oh, they're straight metal. So good. <sighs> I I can't get into Quiet Riot. I've tried, I've tried. Rat or garbage. You know, I don't like Def that. Leppard. I don't give a fuck about fuck Def, Def Leppard. But anyway. Anyway, Owen okay. 2. Dr. Feelgood, my number four. Kickstart My Heart. Absolutely incredible song. So, um, oh yeah, I, I mean, I guess we'll talk. I was still going to talk about Nikki Six and uh, the whole issue, the thing that went down that led to that song being written, but we'll talk about that on the main episode. Um, so, what do you got for number three? Go. See, the more, the more we get into like the top, like four, three, two, one, like notes just get like, they grow like tenfold. Like I, I did have a lot of notes for Feel Good. And my number three is an album of the week, Girls, Girls, Girls. Mm. And I just have so much fucking notes for my two and one. All right. So my number three is Too Fast for Love. Uh, first album from 1981. Uh, just mixed guitar. His guitar, his tone. Not just his playing, but his tone. Dirt. It's it, gross. It's unreal. It's so fucking good. I was, <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away by his guitar tone on this one. And it just, it sits so perfectly in the mix. Um, the songs are just, they're just carefree. I don't know. I'm choking over here. Uh, they're, I don't want to say carefree, but they're just, they're wild. They they just, they don't really know what they're doing, what kind of songs they want to make. And I just love the the kind of pure feel of, of, of all of them. I think this is just an absolute banger of a record. And really, it comes down to Mick. Mick, I... I didn't realize how good, how much I liked his guitar playing until this week. He's I think a fucking he's a good guitar player. He's, like, a, he's a great a fucking really guitar, good player. guitar player. Like he knows he has the perfect amount of, of flashiness with rhythm. Dude, he's an incredible guitar player. And I know we're going to get more into that on the main episode. Cause there are so many things I want to talk about on almost all the songs about his guitar playing. It's fucking sick. So yeah, Mick at, at this time for the first record, they recorded this record in like I think it was like two weeks or something like that, yeah. or or a few or it was maybe like two weeks, and they were fucking wasted out of their minds. Yeah. And they they put this record, they made this record. It's insane. Livewire, come on, the opener once again. They kill it with the openers. Livewire is an incredible fucking song. It's up there. It's 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 probably it is top three. I would say top three Molly Creel. It's fucking good. All right. I, w- I would actually give live. I would say Livewire is their th- is their third best song. Oof. It's a great fucking song. So yeah, too fast for love. My number three. What do you got for number two? Number two is too fast for love, baby. The first record, nineteen eighty one. There's a lot to like about this record. Like you said, dude, Mick Mars is unreal. He's an amazing blues guitarist. And when mm-hmm. he like he joined this band, and don't forget, he's like ten years older than everybody else. And so when he joined this band, you can hear it. it so like Spotify has both versions. They have the remastered version and they, they also have like the uncut raw version. But even that version still touched up. It's not like the true, true, like self-released leather version. 
and we yeah. actually got like an original in our store and so i spun it on that's the vinyl so and it did it, this is a glorified demo that's what this is this is a glorified demo <laughs> yeah and it sounds like it. fucking shit it shows like it shows this band being inexperienced and they're sloppy and dumb and it's just it fucking rips and mick mars is just kind of like sitting back thinking like wow i am a professional guitarist i know what i'm doing i'm really good at what i do and these guys are fucking garbage and you can hear that in this record because he's doing things and he, like Livewire, he's trying to do things and no one's picking up what he's putting down. It's just not yeah. happening. But man, that's what's so, that's what's so endearing about it. This is, that's where like the whole like dirt concept comes in. This, their sound is, is, is dirt. It's fucking trash. It's, it's nothing. Like no one has <laughs> ever sounded like this before. No one has ever like had the balls to come out and said, yeah, we're going to change the face of music. And they did. And we're going to sound like shit doing it. But we're gonna have a good time doing it, and that's <laughs> that's all this album is, man. This is the sound of a of a band who's who is who self produced this. It, it just it sounds yeah. like garbage. They're, they're like their their mentality is very punk. Their music isn't, or most of their music isn't, but their mentality absolutely is is punk kind of yes. DIY. Yes, you know, they're through and through. They they are. A, I, they are a punk band. They this, really are. Outside the music, they are a punk, punk band. album. This is a punk album yeah. that just is a little bit more metal than everybody else. But I always forget. Yeah, I, would agree. I always forget because the Get Up Kids do like a cover of it, and it's, I love that cover so much. But I always forget. On with the show. On with the show was a fucking Motley Crue song, and I have yeah. like it, it's a B side from a Get Up Kids album, and I have that album on the vinyls, and I listen to it, and I love it. But like Motley Crue does it really well, dude. And I really like it. It's a good song. <laughs> but like Live Wire, yeah. dude. Come on, Livewire, that yeah, is their best song. Like that is what makes Motley no. Crue Motley Crue. That is their best song. It is it is it is it is wild. It is crazy. It is off time. It's about to fall apart. <laughs> it sounds like garbage, but they're having a blast doing it. And you know all they're thinking about is how fucked up they're gonna get after they're done playing it. That is Motley <laughs> Crue true, yeah. in a nutshell. And it's just <laughs> dude, like like if we still have it at the store by the time you come out here. Listen to the to the record on vinyl. Oh yeah, fuck yeah! It is unpolished garbage. It it honestly it sounds just like a glorified demo. It sounds like shit. <laughs> how and, about how about you you send it you ship it to me, and then I'll listen to it here, and then I'll bring it back out to Arizona. Yeah, no, that's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> yes, that's what we should do. <laughs> God, it's good. I, I I really do like this record a lot. There's a couple songs on here that I think like okay, guys, I don't know if we're if I'm if I'm really behind that, but. Overall, it's a good record. Yeah, but then also you, looking at the context of it all, brand new band. They'd only been around. They'd only formed the band like I think what two months prior to this. Yeah, only played a small handful of shows, and they were fucking shit faced. They were so wasted when they made this record. They still put this out. That's they still unreal. I know it's fucking good, man. It's, it's fucking fair. good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I, I mean, I would, I would get, I would get too fast for love on vinyl. I already have girls, girls, girls on vinyl, um, but yeah, I would get I would get too fast for love, for sure. It's great. It's a great fucking album. So, do you have a copy at your store? Like a like a decent no decently priced copy? No, okay. Um, nothing, so nothing under a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be so sick if you sold it though. That's that's a good. It's good fun. I'd be happy. Yeah. So uh, so that was your number two. My number two is girls, girls, girls. Um, your number so two is Girls, Girls, Girls? Yeah. Why the fuck did we not just do Shout Out the Devil? 
because I really want to do girls, girls, girls. Oh, you're such a butthole. That's right. Because I think save, we can save. That's good. Because what I was thinking. Because my number one shout the devil. Obviously, your number one shout the devil. What I liked about <laughs> it is, is I think we can save shout the devil for next time and actually talk about the record. Whereas this week is going to be talking about more about the lore of Motley Crue. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's what I was thinking. Because I was like, there's no fucking way in hell you could rank girls, <laughs> girls, girls above Shout Out the Devil. There's no fucking way. I mean, in all honesty, the the two records, they they could go back and forth between the one and two. I really, really, really do love girls. Um, I think it's just an incredible record, which we'll get into on the main episode, obviously. Okay. That's wrong. But um, Shout is... Is incredible. I mean, they're both, they're just both so goddamn fucking good for kind of different reasons, but they're just so goddamn good. I, I don't know. I don't know. So we're, we, we don't want to get into Shadow of the Devil? I mean, or what? we can talk about it like briefly here. I, okay, I just, yeah, what do you got? I don't I don't know how much like lore we should get into with the Shadow of the Devil thing. We can just reiterate it later on when we do it again at some point or on the main episode, but like this is, this is their masterpiece. This is a showcase of everything Motley Crue stood for and wanted to be. It's deliberately disrespectful. Right with the satanic yeah. imagery, the risque like bas- back masking claims, the controversial mm-hmm. helter skelter cover, and like these guys are just like, at the height of their debauchery is right here. And like musically, this is this was kind of panned at the time and made fun of for being like formulaic in the metal scene, essentially like pandering to angsty sunset strip teens. But it's mm-hmm. no more formulaic than metal in general. And also, like, the slew of, like, generic blues rocks groups from the fucking 70s. Like, come yeah. on. How many fucking obscure 3 $4, like, vinyl records do we buy, do we get into <laughs> that is generic blues rock of the 70s? Get the fuck out yeah. of here. This yeah. is innovative for making metal and, and music in general now more accessible and enticing for, like, the female audience. Like, now we're yeah, seeing, I, now we're seeing people... music in, 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 in venues. It's not just 95% guys. It's, like, 50-50. And girls are showing up to these and... They're wearing like big hair and, and, and full blown makeup and high heels, and that's what Molly Crew was doing. Yeah, it's unreal. I think, I think other bands and, and critics were would talk shit on the band because they were so successful. And yeah, they would they were successful with every with both men and women. And you know, metal in the eighties was very 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 gatekeepy. Like men did not want women at the shows. Like it was rare when a woman was at a show, even if it was like a groupie. Like it was it wasn't there weren't a lot of them. But yeah, like you said, when when Motley Crue came out and when this came out, what eighty three, you know that was kind of unheard of. But obviously, you know, a couple of years later, John or Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, you know, Poison. Warren, those guys, Poison, Guns and Roses, yeah, they, yeah, they, they uh, obviously that that became more more geared toward women and everything like that. But Motley Crue were kind of the first ones to do it within this scene, within like the Hollywood scene, the the Sunset Strip scene. And they so. took the costumes to the extreme, right? Kiss was already doing it oh, a yeah. decade prior to this. Kiss had like 10 albums prior to like Motley Crue's first album, but True. Motley Crue took it to the extreme where Kiss was just wearing makeup and kind of like fire pyrotechnics. Like Motley Crue was like, yeah, we can do that, but we're also going to do it in drag. And we're going to be also, very, and, very and obnoxious about it. The, the imagery, I mean, Alice Cooper was kind of doing this kind of imagery, but not to this extent like he didn't i don't i don't think he had like all the pentagrams and like the satanic imagery like 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 uh motley Crue did and i mean obviously alice cooper dates back to the 60s mid 60s but i feel like motley Crue were like the ones to do it and popularize it first to go as deep as or to go as as uh controversial as they did they were kind of the first ones to do it yeah no for sure unless i'm I'm completely 
mistaken, but no other band really did it. Prior I was to Alice Cooper didn't have that many records with like the Alice Cooper band. He only had like fucking five or six records. And well, then, like, I'm, I'm speaking more of his imagery, not not his, his, music his solo stuff started in like the mid '70s. So it wasn't that far before Motley Crue was doing it. But he just yeah. had face makeup on, and like his his whole image, like the I think one of the records is called like Alice Cooper visits hell or, or goes to hell or some shit like that. But that's dude, like Motley Crue, Shout of the Devil had a pentagram on the front, like that's yeah. There's no if ands or buts about it. The only other band that was kind of like semi aggressive like that was like Sabbath, and like their first record was kind of like people were like what the yeah, fuck I guess is this? This that. is fucking bizarre. I don't know what this is. But Motley Crue, like that was it, and they didn't even know what but it was. Even even Sabbath didn't lean into the imagery nearly as much as Motley Crue did. It was there in the lyrics sometimes, but but the actual image itself, even in the first couple Sabbath records, it wasn't overtly satanic or anything like that. And and really, I from at least from what I remember, or I've heard of about Alice Cooper, I think like one of the most controversial things he had, he he had like a fake guillotine up on stage and he pretend to cut his head off. Like that's pretty fucking dark, but it wasn't like the pentagram and all the other satanic stuff that that Molly Crew were doing. I read that that Molly Crew had no fucking idea what the pentagram even was. It was Nikki Six and his previous band London, or yeah. somebody he met in that capacity. He they they were into like the occult, and he's like, "Oh, it's fucking cool." People hate that like you're into it, and the person was like, "Yeah, then you know you should do it." And Nikki Six actually had the pentagram, but like it was upside down, so it was like a star, but the points were on the bottom. And it was the yeah. person the previous band was like, no, 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 that's not even the pentagram, dude. You got to like flip it. And then that's how they it. even like, they, they got us. The, the, Malik doesn't even know what the fuck it is. They're just doing it because it pisses <laughs> everybody off. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just, oh, it's I so like it. good. I fuck, I dude, like I love, it. I love Shout of the Devil. I really do. This is the only Motley Crue I have on the vinyls for now. And um, I guess I'll go into my origin story later on. But uh, Shout of the Devil, the first song, well, I guess it's like the intro and then the Shout of the Devil. That's a great four minutes of music. It's a perfect setup yeah. to Shout of the Devil. Red Hot, that's a fucking banger. This entire record is just a good, it's a good powerful metal album with like serious punk attitude to it. I agree. I agree. They really, they really perfected the first record and throwing in elements of, of metal. Really, they were like, I don't want to say Sabbath necessarily, but maybe a little bit of Maiden, um, at least musically. But I don't know. I I, th- I think Shout Out the Devil is an incredible record. I really do like it. But like I was saying, it can kind of be interchangeable with Girls, Girls, Girls because I do love that record as well. I really love that record. That is, that's, that, see, that is wild to me that, but even like <laughs> Iron Maiden, okay, let's go back to Iron Maiden because Iron Maiden's first record came in 1980. So they were like barely a thing by the time Motley Crue was even a thing. True. Molly Crew's first album was 1981, like a year later. So like Molly Crew is still fucking early, early, early 80s metal, and it's just like like we think glam rock and you think Poison. Like Motley Crew kind of yeah. goes up in the, in the conversation, but you think Poison, but like Poison would not even exist. Guns N' Roses would not even exist if it wasn't for Motley Crew. Yeah, I mean, just, but then you could even go back further and go go into glam metal or glam glam rock in the 70s. Nah, you know, like David Bowie was doing shit too. Nah. I mean, not 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 heavy, not heavy music, but Motley. That, the that, style. That's why I think Motley Crue is so unique, is because Motley Crue took the debauchery of of Sabbath and then just added added flair. So I think the only yeah, band really that I think that if, if 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 there was one band that didn't exist, then Motley Crue would not exist. It would only be Sabbath. That is, I it. would agree with you on that. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Good stuff, man. All right, so. 
let's uh, let's save the rest for the main episode where we get into girls 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 um from the motley cruise um so that's it that's it that's, that's all, all.